You have to eat the dream. You have to sleep the dream. You have to dream the dream. You gotta touch, you have to see it when nobody else sees it. You have to feel it when it's not tangible. You have to believe it when you cannot see it. You gotta be possessed with the dream. The dream. Yeah. What's up, guys, and welcome to Straight From The Chess Podcast. My name is Justin Groth, and I am your host on this personal development, personal growth podcast. Listen, if you are new to the show, I just want to take this time and welcome you. If you are tuning back for episode 154, 154, whatever it is, I just appreciate your your listening ear, and I appreciate you keep coming back. It just means a lot to me. And listen, if this is a show that you derive value from and you believe anybody else would value from, please don't hesitate to share with them. Link the podcast on your Instagram, Facebook, Twitter profiles. Tag me. My Instagram handle is Justin Craig Groth. It would be much appreciative. Just help generate more awareness of what we're doing over here to the podcast. Well, guests we have on and just thank you in advance. So listen, I have a dear friend here. His name is Matt. He's a good buddy of mine. I've, we've been, we've been, uh, <laughs> we've we've been in it for a long time, brother. It's been a minute. <laughs> Matt, how are you doing, man? Thanks for being here. Hey, I'm great, man. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this. Awesome, man. So, look for the listeners um, that that don't know. Um, Matt is somebody that I met probably. I think it was in 2000 and maybe five. Is it 2005 or something? I was going to Cuesta. I just started my lifting uh, regiment and uh, I needed some supplements. And uh, and uh, you were the man to go to in San Luis, man. I mean, arguably you still are. Uh, <laughs> but, I hope so. <laughs> you know, um, and I went there and I got some protein. I got all different types of protein, creatine, et cetera, right? I just loaded up, man. And... Um, I, I didn't meet you in the beginning because I met one of your staff, but oh, then yeah. I came back because I was a return customer and I came, then I met you. And, you know, for those of you who don't know, Matt, the, the, the way that you are, and this is the thing that I valued about you so much ever since I met you is that you're so complimentative. <laughs> You're one of the most complimentative people that I've ever met and one of the most sweetest men that I've ever met. And and I say that in in full honesty because it's it's not often that you meet somebody in sales that actually care Right. about what you're going to what that what their client is getting what their consumer is getting in terms of value from you and you were never shy on the compliments you never I remember one time in fact you don't remember this probably because you see a lot of people but I remember I had put on maybe like 20 pounds and arguably a lot of it was fat because I was fucking dirty bulking and whatever, <laughs> like we all do. When I, we mean, first start I, I don't know if you've ever been fat, but I, mean, I understand <laughs> what you mean. By your standards, yes, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so there it is, compliment again. I love it. So I just, I, I was like, you know, man, I want a shirt, but I, you know, I wanted to promote your your brand, your MG Sports. And I remember saying, you remember, I remember you asking me what size you, I said, oh man, I can't wear a shirt. Yeah, I'm not big enough. And you said, you do remember that. And I, (laughs) and I said, and you said, oh, of course you can, man. And I said, and so it's just little things like that. Like you don't know this, but they stand out to your people. 
you know, they, that stand out to me, you know, ever since 2005 or whenever it was, I went in, I saw you for the first time and you don't know how you impact people. You know, these Cal Poly kids that are coming in and seeing you and the college kids, you don't know what, what, when you say little things like that, you don't know how it impacts them because at that moment and that at their age, they're so absorbent over things. And those little things like that stick, especially when it's centered around their confidence. Right. And it, you gave me a, a spark of confidence, man, that I didn't have. Nobody was telling me. I mean, my, my friends sometimes say shit, but it's like you and it's like you can you can detect bullshit. At least yeah. I can. And you can de- and you're a bullshit detector, too, man. Absolutely. And you can detect if someone's just blowing smoke up my ass or or not right and it's like i just felt a a genuine nature coming from you and that's what gravitated me towards you you know and look i don't think that's a part of your sales technique i just think it's who you are because we've hung out outside of this i've talked to you outside of this and you're the same way dude i i there was a point where i started buying everything online i went into you like and years later, the same way. You're the same <laughs> way, dude. So, you know, there's something to be said about that because that's a rare quality in, in people. Yeah. And so that's just a small background of, I just wanted to dispense with that because it's a small background of the way that I view you. And that's just in part the reason why you're so dear to, that's why I said you're a dear friend because those qualities are very dear in someone. And they're dear to me, man. So again, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for giving me your time for coming on and doing it. I just Absolutely. appreciate it. But look, enough about me yapping about you, man. <laughs> I want you to tell the people right. kind of who you are, how you got started with this MG Sports Supplements. Absolutely. We can do that. And I just want to backtrack for a second. So as far as like what you were saying about the complimentary and like all that kind of stuff, what you might not know is that I don't just do that with everybody. You know, and you know, you spent time around me and all of that, but you were very unique. You stood out. You were dedicated, really, really dedicated to what you were doing. And it was, you know, if, if creatine wasn't available that day or whatever, you know what I mean? It was like a minor tragedy for both of us. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just like, oh, I need this. I need this. But, you know, with the gains that you made and the way that you presented yourself, the way that you carried yourself and the changes that you made, even in the first six months of it, that's where that comes from. So I don't, like you said, we're both really good bullshit detectors. So I'm not going to be the person that's going to be laying on compliments that aren't genuine. You would know that. You would feel it yeah. right away. So it's never been anything but completely genuine. Some people might be surprised to hear you say that about me with compliments and free flowing and all that because I'm absolutely not that way with everyone. I maybe I should work on that. But <laughs> I don't do it if it's not genuine. So it's a it's a it's an awesome quality, bro. I appreciate and, and, it. And and that is something that like I said in the beginning, you don't know how it impacts somebody or what, how they're going to remember that one compliment, how it stands out to them. It's very meaningful. Certain things are very meaningful when you hear them. And even if you say them, it's just like, well, it's just something I'm thinking. Mm. And you just say it, you know, that might just root in someone and actually be something that they just, they actually levy their confidence on. It's strong. I love that. I've had people come to me years later and you know, oh, you said this one thing this one time, or I was gonna I was gonna quit training, or I was gonna quit MMA, or I was gonna stop this and whatever because of some setback, and uh, reminding me about a conversation we had that makes me feel great because the MG Sports Supplements thing that's my job, 
it's also my passion and all of that, but uh, I like helping people. Mm. And I absolutely didn't start it to get rich and whatever. Uh, I mean, the, the, the money stuff that's come has been amazing, but it's almost like a side bonus mm -hmm. to it really because it's fulfilling. A lot of people wake up in the morning and they're like, ah, work. And I'm guilty of that sometimes too, you know, if I yeah. get a little bit overwhelmed. Yeah. But in my job, I get up and, and I get to interact with people and my day goes the way that I make it go depending on you know my attitude and, and all that kind of stuff. But I, I'm finally back to the point now to where I enjoy going to work every day. And I'm, I'm there every single day, which gets a little bit monotonous sometimes. But one great customer interaction first thing in the morning can change your day, the customer's day, all that just immediately. So when you set the tone that way, it reminds me why I continue to do this because I'm about to tell you the, the, the beginnings of all of it. But I also want to preface that by saying I don't, I'm, I'm, 40 something years old now and uh, I can't go get a grown up job I mean I can <laughs> I'm overqualified I can do it I, I really really don't want to <laughs> so you know with, with your support and support of you know thousands of local and national international people I get to I get to do my my thing I get to do what I want to do so anyway that's just more gratitude we're just going to sit here and compliment each other for like half an hour right? <laughs> let's do it <laughs> I'm down I'm down I can use it <laughs> so anyway, I appreciate what, what you were saying about that. That really does resonate with me because, you know, sometimes I don't know what that's going to mean to somebody, but every once in a while it comes back full circle. Oh man. No, it feels amazing. Listen, man, people, your aura, people gravitate to it. And I'm not saying that to showboat. Yeah. I really, really mean that you're just a jovial person like and you're, you know, that's something that many people are not. And that's something to be prized. You know, I prize that and I'm sure I'm not any different than anybody else. So we all, I feel like we all prize that in a person and look, man, some people have it and some people don't have it. Okay. And this is something you can't be taught. So <laughs> this is something that you are. Yeah. And that's the reason why if you did anything else, would you succeed? I'm sure you would. But would you succeed in the way that you're succeeding now? Right. I would argue not yeah, no. because this is something that's yours. Yeah. I don't have the passion for whatever else it may be. If I don't have that passion, it's not the same. Right. And I so mean, how did that even start? It, how did that, how did the passion grow? How did it start? You know what it was? Like, I, I really, I feel like I've always known that I could do whatever I want. Like I've just, I've known that, you know, and it just, just instilled. I don't know if it was, you know, mom has been super supportive and dad was great and all that. He was a business owner. And uh, I just started thinking about it. I grew up in Bakersfield. And when I was leaving to come to Cal Poly, my dad said, do whatever you want. Just don't come back to Bakersfield. I did that. And you don't want to do it. Just trust me. Plus, there wasn't a bedroom waiting for me either way. So I kind of just had to get out there and do it. So it came around the time for my senior project at Poly. And I started looking around for a business, any business. And it could have been a donut shop. It could have been anything that the town was lacking. And there was only one. There were three GNCs, but there was only one. Well, supplement Direct was the only supplement mm -hmm. store in town. And I was in a marketing class and the professor said that his theory was that you can compete on price or service, but not both. And I strongly, strongly disagree. I think I've proven that for 21 years, you can have both. So I, part of it was out of opportunity. The town needs this, whatever. But a lot of it was out of spite. Mm. <laughs> you know, like, don't tell me I can't do something. 
And that's another thing that fires me up. If somebody says, oh, you can't do that. That's why, why not? Why can't I do this? Is it illegal? What, like, why not? <laughs> Maybe even then. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so yeah, I was coming up on my senior year and I started looking around and cruising around town, seeing what it was. Could have been a service or a retail, whatever, you know, and it just happened to land on this. I was just getting into working out seriously at that point. And I, I just had been messing with supplements for a couple of years, but I was learning everything that I could about it because you know how it is. I mean, supplements, whether it's uh, motivation or uh, if it's results or placebo effect or whatever it is, it's a game changer. Mm-hmm. You know, when you really do it right, as you know, when you really put your mind to it and you get your training right and you have, you, you know, I can just take this and it's going to make this so much better and easier and faster and all that stuff. So it's easy for me to get behind it. So I started it out with the senior project, like I said, over two quarters at Cal Poly. My uh, advisor uh, strongly advised against it. So that's another one of those things for me to, you know, go ahead and tell me I can't do it. Just watch. <laughs> hey, here my beer. Like this. <laughs> you know? But uh, yeah, so I just started doing the research and talking to as many people who would talk to me about it, going to trade shows and stuff. And I realized like, hey man, we're gonna do this. Let's make it happen. So I had a, a Discover credit card I got on campus at Cal Poly, like everybody freshman year or whatever, they fall victim to that. So I did that and I had about a $5,000 line on there. And I, I made uh, contacts with John Rossetti here in town. And I, I give him a shout out because if it wasn't for him, I don't know where I would be. He took a chance on me. I didn't have money for a down payment. I didn't have a shout out. John Rossetti. John, John, yes, shout out John. And uh, he had a, that center, that California Taft center that he built actually. Mm. And uh, I was, it was in Ventura. I remember I was with my parents in Ventura and he called me up one day and he's like, I might regret this. I don't know, but something tells me, you know, you know, you know, that spot is very high demand. Yeah. You know, high traffic area. He said, something tells me that even though you're not qualified and you technically don't have the money, I want to see where this goes. And you talked about that it factor, which I love. Like that's something I'll never get tired of hearing. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he talked about that and he just took a chance on me. I drove back the next day from Ventura. We signed the lease and uh, it was, <laughs> I wish I, I wish I still have the picture somewhere. I'll, I'll send them to you later. But yeah. There is one shelf on the left side and one and a half shelves on the right side and a table. And you know, you've been in that building, 540 yeah. square feet. Yeah. So there's nothing in there. Like there's just I have a desk. <laughs> that's didn't, all you need didn't have internet didn't even have AOL yeah <laughs> like just nothing before the days of AOL this is before the days of AOL right? this is right at the beginnings this is right at the beginnings of AOL okay because I had it at my uh, my studio at Mustang Village oh okay I had AOL over there but I couldn't afford it at the dial up so yeah oh yeah <laughs> so you know it started with that and just that, I mean it's it's almost embarrassing to look back at those pictures from back then because there was nothing I mean there was maybe 200 bucks worth of stuff on the shelves. Anyway, I just kept steadily growing it, growing it, you know, and, and to where it is now, where you come into one of the stores now and it's too much inventory. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not room for all of it. Well, you have your own brand too in there, Shocker Nutrition. Got shock, yep, shout out to Shocker Nutrition. Yeah. Yeah, that's in there. I've partnered up with a couple of amazing brands. Uh, Myogenics, shout out to Adam at Myogenics. Shout out Adam. <laughs> yeah, that guy, incredible products. And that guy, this is for later or another time, but that guy, I don't know where I'd be without him at this point, believing in me and just bailing me out of the rough times because, you know, it's not been a straight up trajectory of success. It's been, yes. you know, failures on top of failures. And, you know, if you don't respect and enjoy every moment of it, if you, if you haven't failed hard, then you can't really appreciate winning hard, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. And so anyway, that, 
uh, Adam was somebody that kind of believed in me and, and got me through, you know, all the stuff. So just having some people in my corner like that has well, been huge. Bro, you need people to believe in you because even though you have all the belief in yourself, like, let, let's say you wake up every morning and you're like, you know, you know that there's a possibility that your life could change today with an email, with a, with a interaction with somebody, whatever. A podcast. A podcast. <laughs> Even if it doesn't happen, you wake up with that possibility that it could happen. And it, and then obviously that, you know, kind of keeps your motors running and et cetera. But you know what, dude? I mean, even if you have that and you have a belief system that's that's unbreakable, you still need people to to kind of co-sign that. Yes. It just, I mean, ob- obviously it helps, but it's more than it's acceptance and it's it's almost like you're you're being solidified mm. by someone else and that matters to people bro you can't just i don't care who you are you can't you're nobody is a fucking team of one right. zero people are a team of one yep. it takes a myriad of people to make a dream happen mm-hmm. it starts with you yep. but it takes multiple people in 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 um coagulation yep. to make yep. it happen man yep. so agreed the Absolutely. fact that you had a person, look, we all have people. If we're, if we're grateful, we are, I'm sorry, if we can really reflect back, we have multiple people that believe in us, even, you know, silently, vocally, they believe in us and we, and we may not, they may not say, I believe in you, but you can tell yep. how they support you, how they move with you, how they don't, how they don't move against you. Right. Also you know, very true. <laughs> but Look, man, you've had you've had a, a lot of setbacks, I'm sure, especially sure. during the times of 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 the virus, and mm-hmm. and then beyond that, you know, in 2008, you were you're around when the when the um the crash hit, or mm-hmm. not the crash, but um the recession, yep. basically. Yeah. So, what are some? What's the one biggest setback you had that you can remember that brought you to a point where you're like, fuck this? Yeah. Because yeah. I'm sure you, as business owners, <laughs> that as business owners, businesses are burdens. Mm-hmm. And so, and I've always said that, and I don't mean to say that to be disparaging or anything, but it is. Yeah. Having a business is a burden. And even if you're making it, having mm-hmm. a business is a burden. So what was the thing that almost caused you, although I'm, I'll be, I'm sure there's many times that have caused you to say, fuck this. <laughs> What was the one time that you know for sure, unequivocally, you were like looking for jobs or you were, you were fucking, you were like, I got to make something else happen. Oh yeah. Looking into bartending, doing security or, you know, loss prevention at Rite Aid, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Just to keep the doors open because it's my passion. And if I'm not willing to work three jobs to maintain my one job, then how passionate am I really about what I'm trying to do? So, and that's also ties into what you're saying. Nobody really is, no one successful is really actually a team of one person. There's generally, there's somebody, some people or somebody strong in the background, just, just with the constant support and you might not see them in the spotlight, but that's that. But anyway, in answer to your question with that, sure. Like during, uh, you know, hard financial times, all that kind of stuff, that was a big one. Um, I had, uh, I had a major setback, which is making some really bad decisions uh, just in life and relationships and things like that, that uh, uh, I ended up losing my lease over on California and I got a, a three-day pay or quit notice over there 
and I had to, uh, you remember, you remember Natalie, Natalie Poor, now Natalie Lee, you know, she was my rock for, through all that time. So she, when I was, when I was out of the picture, she took care of things and, uh, we got that notice and she's like, what do you want to do with this? And she and a couple of other friends helped me. We, we, we called their bluff, We're not even their bluff. Just, we don't need you. Mm. And we went into the, that shop one night with a couple of U-Haul trucks and just cleaned it out. Really moved everything out of two and a half car garage, whatever, and just filled that place with all the supplements and the coolers and the, the counter, everything. And that was that was not quitting. That was I can do better than this. Yes, I mean that building was garbage anyway. There's mold and pest control issues, and as, as people have seen since then, Nutrishop came in and tried to make a run over it over there. But what's crazy about it was when they gave me the three day paraquit notice, I sensed something was up because by the third day there was a Nutrishop sign already hanging above the door. So you can't tell me that that happened in a day. No they, shit. Yeah, oh yeah. I realized later what they were doing, which is fine. Uh, that store went out on uh, Christmas Eve like three years ago. You know, Merry oh, Christmas to what's me. there now? <laughs> uh, it is. Uh, it's like a smoothie shop. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's a good place. They got yeah, they have good like protein smoothies and stuff. Huh. Same spot. It's unrecognizable from what it was before. And then also, the other thing that's funny on that note was remember Cloud Nine was next door yep. to me over there. So Adam. Uh, uh, Cloud9 was, we, we, all of our commercials would say the same thing. Next door to MG Sports and slower. Next door to Cloud9 and slow. So they actually ended up moving over to Foothill where I'm at now. We're neighbors again. Oh, so we can actually yeah. use our old ads, our old TV ads. Oh, that. perfect. Next door to Cloud9, next door to MG Sports. Perfect. <laughs> so that's hilarious. But anyway, as far as your question, though, about the, the setbacks and all that, that was a big one because I needed to be near Cal Poly, ideally. Uh, you know, with the huge student market and all that. But uh, there, as you know, in that area, there's not a lot of space. And if there is, it's ridiculously expensive over there. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really want the spot that I got, but I, I'm glad I took it. I went over there and sat with a buddy one day for like four hours with buddy Trevor. And I sat there with a notepad and counted how many people walked past and whatever. And pulling the trigger on it. No regrets at this point. You know, it's not the best spot. It's not the worst spot. But I get to be near Paul and I got to stay in business. And that's what sort of revived the whole thing because I went nearly a year essentially out of business you know i wasn't going to sell out of my garage or, you know so so okay so a year things were on hold yep completely and, and so you had all your product in in a, a storage yep, yep, at my house just yeah in the garage yep okay yeah and it was you know and i started to get so frustrated because i didn't want to pull the trigger i'm in it for the long haul so i didn't want to open up on Los Angeles Valley Road or somewhere just out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I wanted to make it. So anyway, that was when things were, that was one of the times when things got really dark where it was one of those just, so there's, I mean, there's several of them, like you said, there's several of you know, low points or whatever, but I think that was the main one that I just didn't have a business license even to operate for so that period of time. Were you thinking at that point, I'm just going to get a part-time job. I'm just going to, okay. <laughs> so when it comes to ego as a man, mm -hmm. that's a hard thing to face. Absolutely. Especially when you've built something so credible, not only in your community, but in the tri-county area, sure. people know MG Sports <laughs> Supplements. Oh, yeah. And to then them see the owner, because you were, you were the face of the, you're the face oh, yeah. of the business, Absolutely. bro. Yeah. See him at Rite Aid yeah. or at a bar. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's something mm -hmm. that. I know women, it's hard for, it's hard for women to say, well, it's, it's easy for women to say that Right. for my men listening. That's one of the hardest things you can fucking do yep. 
it would be easier for you to get in a fucking fight and lose in the street yep. naked. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> then to fucking I mean I've done that also. <laughs> <laughs> then to then to then to then to hold your head up high at a job yep. that you don't really even want to be a part of because yep. it's not what you built. Right. And it's just so that is that's a big ego hit and most men couldn't even venture down that path. They would almost want to move. Yeah. And I'm sure you thought oh, about this shit too. Absolutely thought about it. I'm going to move out of, yes, yeah, start <laughs> over. Start over. Go, go to San Diego and completely start over. Exactly. Yeah, but with what money and what backing and all of that stuff too. And reality kicks in. I mean, you know, I, I like we were talking about, I was a bouncer for years and all that. And that, that's fine. You know, when, when you're in college or even out of college, it's a good job. You know, you get to meet a lot of people and all that kind of stuff. But I did, I'd done that. And so it was just hard for me to take any kind of job, whatever it was, that wasn't MG Sports and supplements and all that kind of stuff because I felt like I had paid my dues. Yeah. You know, it's not like I'm too good to go back to doing it right now. You know, I mean, I still cover bars every once in a while somebody needs it. You know? Right, right. But you, like you said, you nailed it. It's the ego, especially with an ego like mine. <laughs> it's, it's hard for a man really to go back, you know, before. It just, it just feels like you feel like a failure. A failure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. After all the time in, you feel like a failure. And uh, like I said, with an eagle my size, that doesn't work out so well. Yeah, and it's not—it's not something that's a bad thing because if we really think about it, ego and ego is what has built the world. If there wasn't men that, if there wasn't a man that built something that was formidable. Every man that builds something formidable had to have ego tethered to it or sure. else why fight? Yes. Why do anything more than just the subpar bare minimum? Yep. Because there's ego involved yeah. because Absolutely. there's something that I don't want to be beaten. Yep. I don't want to be. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep leveling up. I'm going to do what it takes to get better, mm -hmm. become more disciplined, more structured, whatever. Yep. I'm going to beat you. <laughs> it's e at the yeah, end it's of wired the day, in. It's hardwired into you. It is. But that's the reason why we have the earth we have yeah. or the planet rather Absolutely. that we have, you know, and it may not be something that is, it may be something that's controversial to say, sure. but that's just, that's just the truth, man. Absolutely. Like, you know, I don't, I don't want us to get me too or whatever, but at the same time, it's truth. And the way that I've looked at it, I, I heard it was on a TV show or something uh, that was basically that that shows the power of women in all of this too, mm -hmm. because if, I feel it was a, no man that ever did anything great didn't do it because a woman was like, Oh, you aren't shit or whatever. Exactly. And then the ego kicks in and then the man drive goes in. Exactly. Like, oh, I'll show her. Exactly. <laughs> so that's a huge, huge part of it. Men did all these things, but they did it for women. Yes. So who really has the power? <laughs> oh, I mean, it's the same thing with, with animals, man. I mean, yeah. the way, have you ever, have you know the way that, uh, Billy, I think it's a, uh, no, it's a, uh, a ram, how a ram gets his, gets his mate. Two rams fight at the top of a hill. Yeah. And they yeah. buck each other yeah. until one of them gives up. And then that one that didn't give up gets yep. the female. That's, he's, that's the alpha. He's the one. He's the alpha. That's right. Right? It's in the animal kingdom, yeah, too. Yeah. So, again, it's hardwired. Yes. It's hardwired into us. Yes. Absolutely. Well, so back to what you were saying about the uh, the setbacks and all that. That was that was my biggest one. And then getting back into it, you know, I had to start over. I basically had to start over. I was gone in, in Cal Poly time being out of business for a year or so, like that's a lifetime. You see how many students come and go, you know, I basically yeah. missed a generation of them in a year. So I had to start over from scratch with the t-shirts, the ads, all that didn't mean anything. 
anymore for the most part of that, that market. So it was a matter of just really actually starting over. But uh, like I say, I, I'm trying to be uh, optimistic, I guess, to where going back into it, severely underfunded and all of that, I got to where I could get up in the morning and not go, oh, fuck, here we go again. <laughs> I was like, you know, because that, that, was, that was when I didn't have the store. Luckily, my consulting business, my self-consulting business and all that stuff kept me, you know, afloat, didn't lose the house I was in and all that stuff. But uh, once I finally got in, got the door open and all that, I still didn't recommit until after a year of it being open because I was so defeated still. Even though I reopened, I was still mentally just defeated. And then finally one day I went and did inventory and I realized that the, the theft and the things in there, whether it was, you know, employees or, or uh, customers, you know, probably employees, let's be honest with it. And I did inventory and we're short nine grand from what's supposed to be in there. But what do I expect? I would go in there once every two weeks, you know, and oh. like, oh, well, he's never here. He doesn't care. Obviously he doesn't need the money. Oh, and so man. finally I had my little like, you know, what you call, come to Jesus moment where I had to realize that I'm the one screwing up. This is on me. And at that point, I just had to get rid of everybody and go in full time myself and recommit to it. Best thing I ever did. Absolutely. So, you know, it was it was a journey. But uh, yeah, that's, that's just one of the lows. Yeah. Wow. Dude. And it was stuff that's not shoplifting. We're talking 15 pound weight gainer buckets and stuff. You didn't have a not, camera up or they're anything. They're not. No, back then. No. Yeah. No cameras. No nothing back then. So, I mean, I did that next day. Of course. <laughs> but it was just me at that point anyway, so it didn't really make too much difference. But anyway, as, as far as setbacks, there have been more than a few, but that's the one, like you were asking about, that's the one that, that really was noteworthy. And you said you had, I mean, obviously, I, I know this, but the listeners don't know. Hmm. You have a, 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 a consulting business. Yes. And you actually trademarked uh, Own a Supplement Store. Yes, Own right? a Supplement Store. It's uh, it's on Facebook, shout out on a supplement store. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, exactly. So what it was after as a senior project and all that Cal Poly, people would hear stories about it and whatever. And I would get students coming in or calling or whatever saying, Hey, how do I do this? How do I do this? And at Cal Poly, they're, they're really good. They're, they're better about it now, but they're really good about teaching how to go work for another company, go work for Apple, go work, whatever. But there wasn't back in the day when I graduated in back in June of 2000, there weren't a lot of entrepreneurial opportunities or classes or things like that. So I'd go speak at Cal Poly, which I love because you know how much I love attention. So that's, <laughs> All of us. You know, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but, but that kind of stuff. But anyway, the, the point of it was that people would ask me regularly, how, how did you do this? How can I do this? How, whatever, whether it's for a supplement store or whatever it may be. And so I was, I was talking to my dad one day and he shot down every business idea I ever had, just shot it down because he was a CPA. And so he knew the numbers. Uh -huh. You really think you can sell 12,000 cups of coffee a day? No. <laughs> you know, like that kind of stuff. And this was the first one ever when he sat there with his little tin key calculator, not even looking at me, doing his thing. And he's like, whoa, wait a minute. He looks at the paper. How soon can we get this started? And how much is it going to cost? And he was dead serious. And it was basically me going out as not a franchise, but as a turnkey operation to go and give people what I have. And so we came up with own a supplement store. Just, I figured the name, I mean, just pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> Matt's consulting, yeah, and uh, that was it. We we got a website together and all that, and I got to where we could give people a turnkey supplement store just like mine. They pay the same prices that I pay, which are ridiculously low because of the experience, and especially now with fifty four stores that we've opened up across the country. So our buying power is unbelievable at this point. So I I would go in, or my team would go in, or whatever. We would go to a place like we just did one in um, Yuma, Arizona, mm -hmm. and Havasu right before that. Uh, but basically, we go in. 
over a three to four day period, they hand us the keys. We build out their entire store, stock it, price it, get the point of sale systems out, whatever. So essentially they pay us 85 grand for a turnkey store and they're under our umbrella as far as uh, pricing and all that kind of stuff. So they can beat any online price, all this stuff, just, you know, whatever. It's not, I'm not even trying to promote it. Honestly, I'm not even trying to promote it right now. It just is what it is. And that was my saving grace when the store was closed because we did two or three other locations of these things, which, you know, kept me on my feet. Yeah. Yeah. But we're going back. We're actually going to make a play to go really hard back into that because a lot of people think that retail supplements and retail stuff is dead because of Amazon or whatever. It's absolutely not. I mean, it's, it's really talk not. on that because okay. that's, that's heavy. Yes. It's so easy. <laughs> Amazon, it's prices are crazy. It's nuts. Dude. And the turnaround time, the shipping, yeah. even the, even the service and the returns are unbelievable. No denying that. Absolutely. They made a huge play in supplements about four or five years ago. They were the title sponsor at the Olympia, which was nuts because the vendors don't want to, don't, or they say they don't want to deal with Amazon. The customers say they don't want to deal with it. At the end of the day, if we have this can of bang here and I'm charging two bucks and Amazon's charging $1.15, I'm going to buy it from them too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that yeah. kind of stuff. But what's going on now in supplements, they gradually started raising their prices, which is really smart because people just assume that it's super cheap. So I spend an inordinate amount of time daily checking their prices, bodybuilding.com's prices to make sure that we're already lower, just just out of obsession. <laughs> you know, that's my tip. You have these things memorized. You probably have the prices memorized. Oh, almost everything. Head, almost yeah. everything. I yeah. can tell you within a dollar, pretty much everything. Like right now I could tell you, if you said, uh, you know, how many nitro shocks or, you know, how many spawn, whatever. Oh, I got four watermelon. I got two candy. I know exactly. <laughs> I know what they cost, what we charge, how many we have. It's, it's an obsession, but I don't mind. But yeah. So anyway, it's like you said, uh, talking on that with these stores, we give people the ability to compete with Amazon or anybody all the way across the board. And so these stores that buy into it can tell their customers in their community, we guarantee we will have the lowest price no matter what. So much to the point where certain companies like VPX or whatever, if they find it significantly cheaper somewhere else and we beat that price, we don't do price match. We do price beat. Mm. If we, if we beat that price, it's on VPX or the distributor or whatever to pay us back now oh. for the difference lost because they were messing up by letting somebody else sell oh. that price. So it's fascinating for me. I mean, you know, you know, I think it's the same game. way about these things. It's totally, it's a game. Yeah. And you know what the thing is that I normally don't uh, admit to is that I'm an incredibly petty person. And now that I've got a few bucks in my pocket that I can make some, you know, FU money decisions and all of that, I'll be incredibly more petty. I just, I do things to screw with GNC. Yeah. Yeah. I, got, I have their, I have their pre-workout that doesn't come out until next month and I have it for 10 bucks cheaper than what they're going to sell it for. And I'm already <laughs> promoting it because I'm petty. Wait, GNC, a GNC actual pre-workout. The actual branded, actual branded GNC You have that pre-workout. in your shop. I've got 60, 70 units of it on the shelf in the shop right now. $10 cheaper than what they're going to introduce it for next month. Oh my God. Because gosh. that's funny for, Oh, the other one, uh, that kind of stuff, just back to my pettiness that I can remember. We talked about full disclosure. Yeah. This, this is just the honesty of it. Before the podcast, <laughs> we, we were talking off mic for, for, for the listeners. Yeah. Yeah. So we decided there were going to be no holds barred. You can just throw out whatever, which may be a bad idea, but I feel all right with it. Good. <laughs> the bang kicked in. I got some caffeine energy. I going. love it. So, uh, but yeah, basically, uh, my friend Liz has a couple of twin daughters. They sell Girl Scout cookies, but because of COVID and all of that, you can't go do the door like, the, you know, they used to do that back in the day, that old business model. So I allowed her to, I allowed the kids to sell their stuff out of the store. So I would just put it on the shelves for them. You know, it's synergy, buy some fat burners and some cookies. 
So GNC signed a deal with, see, this, this is where I'm going to get busted. This is where my indictment comes in from <laughs> talking on the podcast. So they, they partnered up with the Girl Scout cookie people and started making proteins that were Girl Scout cookie licensed flavors, Thin Mints, oh. whatever. So I had a falling out with the local GNC here and being a petty person, I went ahead and bought all of those flavors of Girl Scout cookies and I went ahead and bought two cases of every flavor of GNC protein. So I marked down my protein $5 cheaper than theirs, but when you buy it from us, you save five bucks, but you get the corresponding cookie box free. Oh, genius. <laughs> I get bored. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's one of those tangents that I love when you free flow like this. Yeah. You I go love it. Just random. I love so it. So just me being a petty person with a couple bucks. That's just. <laughs> right. And you know what? I mean, it's just kind of like, uh, it, it's petty. You say it's petty, but at the same time, it's kind of smart. You know, these things are yeah. kind of, you know, uh, you're, 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 you're ingenuing something different, yeah. you know, and, and that's, that's kind of a cool thing. It's good I for like business it. too. And so, you know, I kind of joke around about it, like putting it that way, yeah. kind of not really at the same time, but you know, either way, it's still good for the business. And, yeah. and if I can have a little fun with it at the same time, that's, that's all right with me too. Well, you've been a, you've always been a marketer, man. I mean, like, you know, I remember the days where you would have stuff stockpiles of shirts and you just be fanning shirts out because yep. you know these kids go to club 24 kennedy mm -hmm. and you just wanted your name out there man yep. you know and and you just and most people would be like well at least 10 bucks for the shirt you yeah. know even though they make the shirt for like two bucks sure. and you get it for like two bucks yeah you know i'm gonna i'm gonna sell for 10 or 15 you know at least yep. i can make some money on it but then that's kind of the wrong way to go about it when mm. you get these shirts for so cheap and yep. you could use it as a write-off. If you spend 500 bucks on a litany of shirts, you can use <laughs> it as a write-off and then this money's going to come back to you in perpetuity. Tenfold, absolutely. And yeah, and that's the thing. It's once you start viewing it as a marketing expense instead of an investment yeah. or something that you're going to sell, sure, we can get shirts for, like I said, you know, two bucks, three bucks, whatever, and sell them for 10, 15, or we can make everybody in the community a walking billboard mm -hmm. for, you know, let's say two bucks. Then all of a sudden, you know, we got TV commercials back when people watched regular TV or radio mm. when people listened to regular radio yeah. <laughs> back before all of this. And uh, it, it was the best marketing that we ever did were the T-shirts, T-shirts, hats, you know, hoodies, whatever it may be. Somebody's on campus at Cal Poly. They're sitting in class. Somebody's staring at that shirt. Mm -hmm. TV commercial runs once. Maybe you saw them. Maybe it's paying attention. Yeah, absolutely. But somebody that's wearing it to the gym or wearing it to Cuesta for the day or whatever, that walking billboard... The other nice thing is it's interactive that I've had so many customers tell me like, oh, I saw a guy at work the other day and I asked him, oh, where's that place at? So they're actually an interactive billboard walking mm -hmm. around. Oh, it's over there on Foothill, you know, way, way, which way better than any social media or whatever. Well, that was our social media back then. That was, I yeah. Mean, basically. You actually had to talk to a person and they would give you a review. I actually had to talk to would, people. I know, it was so annoying. <laughs> but my goal, so I set a goal for myself and again, we're doing multiple shout outs. Uh, Josh over at J. Carroll, you know, mm -hmm. we've been with yep. him forever. We started up around the same time. They were before us, a little bit before us, but the service is unbelievable. They, they've just, I've not been able to find better quality or price, even going to China and all of that. So that's been awesome. We sort of became partners in, in that sort of aspect of it. But that was one thing that made me help, that helped me realize that that was the best advertising we'd ever do. And so I told Josh over there that my goal was, I wanted to be able to walk into the, the rec center or Club 24 or Kennedy or whatever and see at least two MG shirts mm -hmm. no matter what time of day, no matter what, always. And from what I hear from people in the, in the other gyms and all that, that we far surpassed. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. They're, they're, 
some guy came in and took a picture and showed me like six people at Kennedy at like 530. They were all wearing the same color, same everything. Oh, shit. Which well, is I mean, awesome. I have them at my gym at Fitness 19 in Rio Grande. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're spreading, man. I mean, you're still spreading. Well, on that, uh, there we go. I had to get away from the mic for a second. There. On that note, I have my bag of goodies here. <laughs> <laughs> Justin's looking nervous right now. This is. I wish you guys could see this. He doesn't know what's in the bag here. I don't know. Uh, check this thing. Oh, out. so oh, uh, I love this color, you bro. Can just say uh, the color immediately. Oh. I, I got a lot about you. So uh, I love this the, color. So this is the new material that we're doing now. That's a good material. So we used man. to do like anvils or beefy tea. Yeah, but you know somebody that's fit. It, it's nice. It's tight on your shoulders, your biceps. I like it because it gives me a little room around the middle <laughs> for me. But it's a nice material where you know in the full color spectrum. People wear them to dinner or they'll wear them out. You know, Dude, I love this around. color, man. I love this, the, 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 uh, the texture yeah. of the material. Yeah. I can, a, this is like going to be a slim fit, but it's like yes. a, almost like a muscle fit kind it's of a, thing. Yes. That's a great way. That's I love a great it, way dude. to put it. So, I love it, dude. Yeah. Those things are Thank awesome. You, now man. that one is also fun because we bought a bunch of overruns that Josh set aside for us so on the tag, on the inside. There's no tag. It's tagless. Yeah. But it's screen printed. It says extra large, but it's actually a large. It was just a misprint, which is why we got so oh. many of them for so cheap. But that helps the ego too, because somebody could put on oh. one of those now. And, oh man, I'm busting out of this extra large. This is that's nuts. a good. That's a good idea. So that's I kind of want to ask Josh. Idea. I gotta ask Josh maybe if we can start doing that. That's a genius <laughs> idea, man. Just one size up or down the other yeah. way. Yeah, that's a genius idea. So, but anyway, right before I, when I was leaving the shop today, I was thinking, all right, what what could I? That's so cool. So, no, I appreciate this. We got. Man. Uh, I love this shirt. I would put in another run. So I'll just I'll make sure that we get you set up with nice, you know, every man. color all the way up. Oh, that shit. just made me think of you, and I knew that color would be perfect. So thank you, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna bring out my eyes. That's what I was. Bit, I, you know? I didn't want to say it, but yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> that was my first thought. <laughs> oh, I love it. Hey, we said full disclosure, right? We're good. I love it, dude. Oh man, you're making me blush. <laughs> me too. So anyway, thank yeah, you, that's, Matt. Uh, yeah, that that uh, that advertising has been great. Uh, we're going to do a big run of shirts, hats, and hoodies coming up here pretty soon. So I'll make sure you're all decked out. With I appreciate it, that, man. It's Thank great you. because, again, like I said, ego. I mean, the, the title of this could be something to do with my ego. But, you know, generally with the advertising, with the business, with the locations, with the exposure, with doing this right now, they're positive things, ego positive yeah. things that pencil out at the end of the day. Well, and I was going to, there was a word that I was missing when I was talking about ego, and that was pride. Yes. So pride is a big thing. And, you know, people talk about pride being a bad thing. And I believe, you know, look, I'm on both ends of the spectrum. I do believe too much of the wrong type of pride is, can, can be uh, debilitating, Absolutely. but a little bit of the right pride can be a really good thing and actually be the impetus towards massive growth and progressiveness in your life, whether it's, you know, according to your vocation or Mm -hmm. just your purpose in general. And I think that, you know, for someone like, let's say Steve jobs, if he didn't have pride in what he did, which was building the iPhone, Mm -hmm. um, you know, he wouldn't have, we wouldn't know the iPhone as it is today. No, absolutely. And so <laughs> there was a level of pride that went into the, to the whole entire construction of the iPhone. And he wanted things a certain way and he didn't want to, uh, to minimize it. He wanted to be exactly, he would be exactly on par with the way he envisioned it mm-hmm. and whatever it's going to take to get there is that's what it takes. Yes. Exactly. And so, but if you didn't have pride, 
Yep. That wouldn't happen. He just would have been he, his tech people that were making or his engineers had been like, well, this is the only way we can do it, boss. Is it? Okay, that's fine then. Okay. <laughs> but that's not what his goal was. Right. His goal was to have it look a certain way, feel a certain way yes. ergonomically, function a certain way. I want the apps to be smooth in and out. Mm-hmm. I want, you know, so these things like if they weren't predicated on pride. Yes then we wouldn't have the way, the things that we have today, the advances that we have today, not only in technology, but just in, in every, in everything in life. Like we have, it's because men had a certain level of pride mm-hmm. and I'm sure that, that women have a certain level of pride too, with whatever they do, sure. but it's, I don't know, man, I can only speak for a man. Mm-hmm. It's, I would say, I would argue that it's probably a tad bit different and it's only, and it probably is different in, in a bad, in a, almost like a bad context because it can be bad, but if used properly, it can mm-hmm. be the impetus to growth. Absolutely. The, the, the pride, which leads to the unwillingness to settle, mm-hmm. you know, that I'm not going to, I'm not going to compromise my vision. Yeah. That kind of thing. And that's how you, you know, I mean, perfection is not the right word, but to have it to your standards then that's where the pride can be incredibly beneficial. Yeah. Standards. Well, and that's another thing. Cause some people don't keep standards. Yeah. They just like, they just allow it to fly. Like, well, that's okay. That's good enough. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. But they're just compromising their standards, man. Or maybe they, they don't have standards to begin with. And like Ooh. I said, that's, that can be a, uh, that can be, that can be a, a really quick way to, to actually lose lose everything like lose lose your vision lose what you were gonna do lose like mm-hmm. lose and also lose your identity in the process because yep. it's like if you don't keep a certain structure or standard who are you at the end of the day right yeah absolutely that's one of the things that with the unwillingness to to settle to settle for less i mean i could be further in my career if i was willing to settle but is it sustainable no not in my mind it's not because i would have settled and i would have created a subpar product or a subpar experience. So if it takes a little bit longer to get where I am planning on being in life, then that's fine. I'm just not going to settle for subpar, get it done stuff. Right. Or unethical. So that's yeah, another also, thing. That's a like, big one. <laughs> like, like when you're, cause look, man, you're, you're a salesman by trade. I mean, that's like the career, that's mm-hmm. the career that you've, you know, imparted on yourself, mm-hmm. but you don't sell when you believe. Yes. Yeah, I'm really glad you said that because I just realized this recently and I should have a long time ago and I don't, somebody said something to me about it, but in doing this 21 years in doing this, I can't remember the last time I sold somebody something as far as supplements and all that kind of stuff. It's not what I do. You know, it's not what my company does. It's not what my employees do. We don't sell people on products. It's a matter of what do you feel like you need? What do you want to improve? What do you want to and then guide them to mm-hmm. it, but never just, you know, there's all those tactics where, you know, you put a bottle in someone's hand and then you block where the bottle goes so they can't put it back. They feel awkward, they, you know, and oh, really right. high, you know, just little sales techniques like that. Interesting. I've got, people will think back and be like, oh, wow, that's happened to me. I was at such and such store and the guy like blocked where the bottle. <laughs> really? Yeah, there's a lot of sales techniques like that and they're funny but not for the longevity of the business. Yeah. And so I don't sell supplements to people. I mean, I, I allow them to purchase the supplements they need, but I feel like, especially in this industry, especially in health fitness and, and again, especially in supplements, 
there's there's not a lot of uh, it, it can be it can be shady. It can be very shady, as you know. So it's one of those where nobody will ever leave one of our stores feeling like they were sold to something. That buyer's remorse is strong. And if you feel that way walking out of the store, you're not likely to come back. Mm-hmm. So the big thing, with whether it's our brand or our service or whatever it is, it won't go as far as like full money back guarantee on everything and whatever. And I don't mean to make it sound like a sales pitch when I'm talking about not selling. <laughs> but, but really though, I want somebody to walk out that just spent 500 bucks. It happened earlier today before I got here. Guy came in, spent 500 and some bucks for him and his buddy on some stuff. And we always give them the truth of, if you don't like it for any reason, bring it back. We'll take care of you. We'll exchange it. We'll refund you, whatever. Follow it up with, if you have any questions about what you just bought, we're open every day, seven days a week. Call, come by. You don't have to buy anything. Just come in and talk shop or whatever. Yeah. And they walk out of the store, and I've noticed a huge difference in customer retention because they don't walk out going, well, what did I just do? Mm. You know, that makes them feel confident they're not stuck in what they did. And I think that's made a huge difference over the last few months. Well, and also you, you've, you've lived this type of lifestyle, man. You know about supplements, you know how they affect your body. You've transformed bodies for years. Absolutely. You've helped guide people in what to do, how to train, how to eat. I mean, all this stuff is, is, is tethered to a supplement shop. You can't just go into the supplement shop, buy something, somebody who doesn't know what they're doing or talking about, or they don't live the lifestyle themselves behind the desk. Like they're going to, whether or not they do, whether or not they do now currently, or they did. The the matter of fact is they, they did at one point in time, live this lifestyle. They know about it. They're like sort of, they can be sort of a guru now, but at the same time, or you have an athlete that's sitting behind the desk that actually is living it because Currently that's his it. life at that moment, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's so important. All of that is so important because, you know, I mean, obviously they can't see us right now, but you know, you, you saw me when I was training with Dan Winterberg and those guys back in the day, our crew, and those guys are getting ready to go do shows and that kind of stuff. And uh, then I had some health issues and things like that. And I can't blame it all on that and all of it. You know, I'm working my way back to the shape that I was in. And so that's a struggle that I have in my mind every day. Still, I'm down about 30 pounds from what I was two years ago, but still, you know what I mean? It's not the ideal. And it's my nightmare to have to be dealing with a customer and be like, oh, well, this fat burner is really good. I've been using this one and then have them go, oh, you got something else. Mm. <laughs> you know? I mean, obviously that's not happened, but you know what I mean? Like the insecurity part of it is there. Being such a confident person, it's weird for something like that to creep up in the back of my mind in those things. And so... Another thing I borrowed from my dad is, the, and it doesn't really fly with customers, but it's the uh, do as I say, not as I do theory. Mm-hmm. Because obviously I know what I'm talking about. I've done it long enough. If somebody listens to me for a minute or two, they realize. But my goal now, my challenge as far as the never settling is to, you know, get back in fighting shape and mm-hmm. all of that so that, you know, the, the physique and whatever can sort of speak for itself. Well, yeah. And, and, to, to get back in fighting shape though there are sometimes demons we got to deal with absolutely i'm glad you said that so <laughs> what what are some of the demons then that you have had to deal with in tor- in terms of getting to this point in your life where you're like i can't have this anymore this right. is not acceptable yes I, i'm tired of feeling like you know that and that's what was happening to me was i got really tired of feeling like bending over to tie my shoes in the morning like I was going to suffocate, you know, like it's just, it's just so uncomfortable and it's just so, it's humiliating. 
So I think that one morning that might've been a breaking point for me in all of that. And, you know, also things are going pretty well and I don't really want to die recently, you know, soon. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'd like to stick around and see where this thing goes. And so, you know, and so I had to make some changes and all that. I felt like some of the other things that I was saying, if at the end of the day, they're just, they're just excuses, you know, just some of the stuff, you know, I had my injury, I had my pulmonary embolism, I was in the hospital for all this time. I wasn't allowed to go to the gym for almost a year with all this other stuff. But that was a long time ago. <laughs> you know, all things said, it, it was a long time ago. So now I don't have those restrictions. So it's on my shoulders now with that kind of thing. And that's one of the things where uh, I kind of struggle with being frustrated with myself and trying to turn that into a positive thing. So now after this is over, I'm going to have to go to the gym. <laughs> I already committed. <laughs> well, do, you, do you look at the, the end goal? Or do you look at just starting? And either way, if you look at starting, like this is going to be a fucking journey, man. And this is going to take me a long time to accomplish. We we can look at that and it, it's very, very, um, it almost seems dire. Mm -hmm. Like, like this is not going to happen, man. This yeah. is, this is way too far fetched, yep. but it's like, there's so much value and power in just taking one step dude and it's like yes. i hate that one step at a time phrase but look at at some point you have to realize that a 20 minute walk is better than nothing absolutely and you just have to oh, make yeah. these little increment incremental changes and and the thing is is that you can't look at the end goal like i remember i remember coming into you and i remember saying you know like I want to just, I want this, this, and this. And in my mind, I had a vision of what I wanted to look like. And I remember thinking I'm going to be there by, and by the way, for, I'm going to date myself here. <laughs> when I was 20, when I did this oh, or no, right. 19, Dude, 19, you were so young. 19, right. man. <laughs> and I remember thinking by 27, there's no way I'm not going to be 240 jacked, yeah. like lean yeah. 240. Single, single digit body fat, yeah. lean jacked. And I'm 5'10". <laughs> yep. <laughs> and there's no way I'm not going to, 27 for sure. Yeah. And I, uh, 27 came, that didn't happen. And um, 37 and still not happen. But you realize that when you, when you, obviously this is for the people that care about bodybuilding, care about competing, et cetera. Uh, you, you understand that there's pharmacological substances that are at bay to get mm -hmm. that big and that lean. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you can't do that naturally. And I had to learn that obviously through the process. Yes. Um, at a point I just stopped growing about five years, six years in or so I stopped growing. Yeah. You plateaued. You plateaued. And, and there's a point where you can, you can plateau, but then there's a genetic ceiling that exists yeah. that you only can get to that point, mm -hmm. arguably around 30, 35 pounds of natural lean tissue yep. to your frame from a healthy weight, yes, not from an underweight. So right. people understand this. If you're underweight, which is what I was, mm -hmm. I started my journey at, like, I don't know, I was 20 pounds underweight because I was going through a phase in life. Super lean, but, but you know, hey, super good looking kid. Like, damn, look at that guy. Oh, thank you, bro. Yeah. I appreciate that. I'm blushing again. Yeah. Well, you know, just side note real quick because I want I want you to keep going with where you're going. But uh, do you remember Dan Winterberg that was in there yeah. with me? And he kept, he would call you, he was calling you Timberlake. Yeah, I remember that. that. I remember and that. Then, uh, and then we started kind of joking around about that. And then all of a sudden he's like, dude, have you seen Timberlake? No, I haven't seen him. He goes, he's not Timberlake anymore. 
he's his own man now. Like, well, that was like, what I mean. <laughs> you know, you the change that you made from being you know underweight and whatever. You know, you just just you know, hey, good looking dude, you threw some weights in the mix, and all of a sudden it's like, dude, have you seen his quads? It's unbelievable. Oh, so man. The, the Timberlake just dropped away. Oh, I <laughs> if Timberlake started hitting the gym for about five six years, maybe it'll come back, but. <laughs> He's got well, a ways to go. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, well, I wanted to bring that up anyway while we're here. I Thank you, to bring bro. That up. I appreciate that. That's flattering. See, there you are, the confidence again, hey, man. I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. So. I appreciate that, man. You know, uh, side note, a lot of people, the reason why Matt's saying this is because, well, uh, his, on his own, he's saying this, but a lot of people in high school used to call me... Um, and I, I don't know why the fuck I'm even talking about this. Hey, we said full disclosure. Yeah, <laughs> they used to call me in sync, and I think it's just because yeah. I looked like a, a, a boy band type of character. Well, you were put together. You know what I mean. You had a crisp look. You were you were well put together. You dressed well. You know what I mean. And I, I think also there's a lot of jealousy that goes in sometimes where people try to like you know just push it off to like in sync or whatever. So even like when Dan was saying Timberlake, it wasn't it wasn't a diss. Oh, all. I don't think that. Dude, he is accomplished. He is oh, accomplished. Oh, man. That guy's talented. the man. That yeah, guy's man. the man. Still, still is. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, but anyway, yeah, but you know, you made that change from the way it was in high school or whatever it was, and you've grown, literally grown yourself out of that into who you are now. And, uh, you know, we talk about the compliments. I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's, worth, uh, it, it's worth giving the respect where the respect is due. I appreciate that, bro. Well, and that's, that's this, this whole journey has made me come into an identity and it started at 19 when I went through before pre 19, I went through this anorexic phase mm -hmm. and I got super, super small, mm -hmm. emaciated looking man. Yeah. You didn't see me at that point, yeah. but I was a 137 wow. at my lowest. Wow, yeah. I can't even imagine that. You saw me at 150, and normally mm. I'm at a healthy weight of 165 yeah. when I was uh, in senior in high school. So that, that okay, so that took its toll on me. Mm. But then when I came and saw you, I had already been working with a dietitian for about a couple months. Mm. And then I started to want to you know, put weights in the mix and get, you know, mm -hmm. try to make my body look less like a girl. Right. <laughs> I understand. I get it. And, uh, <laughs> so it's, it's easy to, it, it's, it's probably, um, it's, it's probably worth it to say that you helped me in that transform transformative process and you helped guide me and show me what I needed, what I didn't need. I remember there are times where I walked in there and I said, Hey man, I want this. And because you knew me yep. and because you knew I, 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 I would have taken anything yep. at that point. Yeah. With your, with your <laughs> uh, guidance, sure. you, there were times you told me you don't need it. Right. Don't yeah. take this. You don't need it. Yeah, yeah. I remember very clearly cause I still do it to this day, but yeah. And that was the thing you were very ambitious and very ambitious and very driven and you were going to do it no matter what it was. You know I mean? I, I hear the analogy from other cell phone companies about, you know, if you tell these kids they need to eat shit sandwiches, to look like Arnold. Hey, let's go. Let's you know, go. Yeah. That's exactly it. But I said, that's, you're right. I didn't know you at an unhealthy weight or at any of that. I just knew that when you were a whole lot leaner with, without a lot of muscle and all that. And then, you know, comparatively now, like that's so, but yeah, there, there's a lot. And that's another thing. There's a lot of power in a position like mine where literally if it was all about the money and whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, you would always find a way to pay for whatever. So it could have gotten really exploitive and really shitty. Yeah. yeah. I can't live like that. 
<laughs> I know you, you can't yeah, either. <laughs> being in your position, you could abuse it with yeah. uh, a student that mm. is, or that has that you, because I know that there's, you might hear through the grapevine, oh, so and so has his mom pay for, his yep. parents pay for, his yep. room and board, and his all his food and everything, and you know his parents might do good. Sure. Oh yeah. And it's, absolutely. It's, so, but here's the thing: that's is where ethics come into play, yes. and being integral comes into play. And you may not see it in the acute phase, mm-hmm. but in the chronic phase, you'll end up, you'll end up. Mm-hmm. You'll end up seeing the fruits of your misconduct if Absolutely. you were to operate that way. And by saying, by saying this, guys, I'm talking to everybody, all my listeners. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking to Matt. I'm talking to all the listeners. In retrospect, you could have done that, sure. but it would have led to something attenuating down the line Absolutely. on your end. Yeah, I mean, what if you would have ended up with kidney failure or something? Because when you were in there, it was the heyday. It was the prime of andros and pro hormones mm-hmm. and all that but at your age those things would have done nothing for you but you know there were those guys that would come in and try to you know high school kids or, or just out of high school kids people coming in looking for the 19 nor andros and the test boosters and all that stuff when those things were completely legal with the understanding that anybody under 30 35 ish whatever would get basically nothing out of those except for liver kidney damage that kind of stuff and all that and those things were incredibly profitable, you know, $300 bottles of stuff like that. And your body, yeah, commonly, commonly for four weeks <sighs> worth of stuff, 19 nor and M1 180, all that stuff. But, you know, I, I made sure that you didn't go down that road. Dan at the same, Mike Kuros was working there. Wouldn't let our customers go down that because, you know, not just because they were afraid the parents are going to come in and be like, my kid's in the hospital with kidney failure. You know, it was, yeah. it was, it was way, way before all of that kind of crap. But like, you know, the same thing, you had the money to buy supplements and all of that kind of stuff, but those supplements would have been detrimental to your health. Shit, so, you know, I'd well, rather... are they like, are they, are they like the way SARMs are now? Because that's, yes, SARMs, that's the closest analogy. Yeah. So, so people for the listeners, um, you may not care. You may care if you know, you're listening this far and you kind of care. So <laughs> thanks for listening. Uh, the SARMs, yes. uh, selector of, Androgen receptor, receptor modulators exactly right. are basically what pro hormones were yes. back 20 years ago, Absolutely, almost yeah. 20 years ago, right? Excellent, excellent analogy. Yeah. So it's like these these SARMs that kids are taking, they're, I mean, effectively like steroids, some of them, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. the pro hormones were, they were like a, a they're like a molecule off right. from being an actual testosterone derivative. Yep. And they can do the same thing physiologically that it that an actual you know hormone can do or oh, yeah. actual steroid can do yeah that's why they so adamantly got them banned in all of that because yeah. it was it was affecting dramatically affecting your hormonal ratios in your body your test your your estrogens your whatever and uh you know they would ban one and they would tweak one molecule to the left and rush it to market and you know anybody anybody with even a vague science background understands that you just don't do things like that because that might just maybe one molecule to the left makes your foot fall off <laughs> or, oh or whatever you know what i mean like it, it can be really dramatic yeah just because the way it is here puts 10 pounds of muscle on you in a month doesn't mean that the next one over isn't going to kill you from liver toxicity right or, right or whatever so it was just really at that time when you were coming in it was rampant it was everywhere and don't get me wrong 
we weren't carrying the ones like the like the footfall off type stuff. We did we just we carried semi responsibly. I'm not saying that, that I was an angel with all of my decisions and all of that. I don't have any regrets of any of the stuff that I sold or any of it at this point. But we definitely wouldn't sell to you know high school kids or you know that kind of stuff. And I remember one kid getting really shitty with me. He's like, I'm trying to spend five hundred dollars in here, and if you don't sell it to me, it doesn't mean I'm not going to use it. I'll go get it somewhere else. Well, that's fine because somewhere else doesn't have to go to sleep at night like I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, worried about that stuff. But anyway, back to the way you say about the SARMs and all of that. That's the new, I mean, they're not new. They've been around forever. Just like everything from like the Arnold days and all of that stuff that, that are just sort of coming to light now. But uh, yeah, they're they're a more advanced version of SARM or, or some more advanced version of like what pro hormones or steroids have been forever. A lot of the SARMs are very appealing to people because they're not necessarily hormone based like the old school stuff was. Yeah. So the, the select receptors and all that, like you were saying, it, it's, it's, it has its own pathway and everybody's different. You know, their body respects, responds to things like that. But uh, yeah, you can put on an incredible amount of muscle or lose a ridiculous amount of weight or you know, like one of them says, uh, double money back guarantee on a hundred dollar bottle that you will more than double your cardiovascular capacity in this period of time. Shit. And that one's lumped in with, uh, with the, the other SARM, even though it's not technically a SARM, but at the same time, there's some, if there was a miracle pill, I'd be incredibly, incredibly rich. You know, right. there's no real miracle pill, but there are some things out there that are significantly effective. That's scary, man. It is. And that's the other thing that the, the, the scary part also is you never know when the FDA or whoever is just going to say, okay, done. I've got multiple alerts in my phone. The morning that that comes out and it's official, you'll never see those in the store ever, whatever. If that's the decision they make, we have to stand by it. That was like the pro hormones, correct? Exactly. Yeah. They gave us a date and we ran a huge sale. It was on the radio and all this stuff. We had a line of people, but we stayed open until midnight <laughs> and whatever was done after midnight, that was it. Like done, just over. Did you sell out? So we sold out. Sold out. Yep. Yeah, sold out completely. at the same prices. Oh no, we jacked them way up. Oh, yeah, did. <laughs> yeah. And I don't normally do price. Like we talked about that. Like I don't really do the price yeah. gouging. Yeah. But at this point, that was sort of the gravy train for us. Well, every take, month, yeah. you know, huge take advantage margins. of it, man. You know. So that was the end of the gravy train of that. To where I was like, all right, fine. After today, you really can't get anywhere else legally, whatever. So we jacked it up. I mean, like 20 percent. Right. Not like ridiculous, you know, jacked up. But I needed to make the money to cover the next few months anyway. But on spec, we went out, we bought like, I don't know. What spec? It, it, we were just like speculating on how much we were oh, going to sell. And so we, we, we bought maybe, I don't know, seven or eight grand worth of these things, which compared to what other companies did, that's nothing. But we bought seven or eight grand worth of it, knowing that all of it is going to sell by the end of the month. Jeez. So it was nuts. But anyway, like you know, the SARMs, there there haven't been any bans passed because there's so much stuff going on in the world right now. Yeah. You know, kind of bigger fish to fry on things that they yeah. deal with. Uh, and they may not ever get banned. You know, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of real logical reason for it to be banned, really. I kind of wish they would study it more and put it into yeah. practical use. But uh, either way, we, we, we it's highly profitable, uh, very, very effective, but not something that you can count on being available five years from now. Are there a lot of side effects with the SARMs? You know, it's crazy. Like the, the standard thing that people say, everybody's body is different and all that. But with SARMs, everyone's body is really very different. So I feel like if it's used responsibly, and again, for legal purposes, <laughs> that everyone responds differently. And the only time people really, really consistently get in trouble with it is if they're abusing it. 
and somebody's going to go, they'll say to use it for one to three months and they go six months and they're triple dosing. Mm. You're asking for a problem mm. there. You know what I mean? That's just too much of anything is going to be a problem. Well, and you're probably going to, there's probably going to be side effects that occur as before a real life threatening problem happens. And that's you know? an excellent point too. That's another thing that I try to make people, because when they come in with that, one of the things I've told the employees and everyone else, as far as even, even beyond SARMs, don't make claims, period. Just don't make claims. It's for people getting all kinds of trouble in, in making these blanket statements of 10 pounds in a month and mm-hmm. all this ridiculous stuff. But that's another thing that I like to point out to people. I always tell them, do your research independently. We can provide them with papers and, you know, all the kind of stuff, research papers and all that. But again, we're, we're a store, just like that website you're reading on is probably a store and all that. But one of the things that you said, I think is a great point is we know right now that, you know, it might cause some issues with your liver, kidneys or whatever it may be. But what we don't know is the long-term effect. There's no way of knowing that. And so I tell people that educate yourself as much as you can, because there are not significant studies that say in 30 years, your foot won't fall over. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a great lucrative market, but people just need to be very, very informed and just very careful. It's scary, man. And they you know that's the reason why now I just take creatine yep. and pre-workout and that's, and okay. And so here's the reason why too, I don't want to, even if I were to be able to create another five pounds of muscle mass mm-hmm. with a said SARM, Mm-hmm. I eventually would come off of the SARM. Mm-hmm. And even if I lost 70% of the gain, right. so let's yep. say I lost like three and a half pounds and I stuck <clears throat> one and a half. Yep. I'm not going to notice a pound and a half difference right. in my frame. And so, <laughs> co- you know, cognitively, I'd think, well, I lost everything. Right. Because I lost 70%. And so that would make me feel defeated. Yep. Like, fuck, man. It's just an illusion then at that point. Absolutely. It's just like how the the psychology of, you know, like steroids are not physically addictive, but a lot of things aren't physically, physically addictive that are psychologically addictive. And a problem a lot of people run into, especially like young kids, they'll do a steroid cycle, they'll do whatever. And sure, you're going to put on a whole lot of muscle really fast. You have to work for it and whatever, but you know, whatever. But what happens the majority of the time where people really get into trouble with it is they did say they did a 90 day steroid cycle of some whatever and then their PCT the post cycle therapy that you're supposed to do that gets your liver functioning gets your natural test brewing and all that can minimize it but there's going to be some loss afterwards so if you're training your ass off for three months on a steroid cycle and all that and say you gain 15 20 pounds which is not unheard of then you go back into the gym when you're off of your cycle and you're training just as hard. You're eating just as much. You're sleeping just as much and all that, but your strength starts to fade away. Mm-hmm. Muscularity starts to fail away. So no matter how hard you try, you're losing muscle. You're yeah. losing your gains no matter what. So then psychologically, Oh, I guess I have to go back on. Uh-huh. And you know, like I said, even, even with PCTs and all that, you're going to lose a certain amount of it. So like safety, you're sort of, it's, it's just self-defeating. So it's that vicious cycle. That, yeah. You, know, you spend all this money and all this time and risk all this health to put on 20 pounds of muscle. And a month later, you know, 15 of it's gone. Yeah. You're training as hard as you can. So that, <laughs> so that poses the question. So why even start? Right. Right. And mm-hmm. so it's, I guess it goes back to the, to our, our first kind of, you know, real sentiment we talked about ego. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Ego. Yes. Especially Ego. Here. So yes, I want to <laughs> I want to be bigger. I want to be stronger and be faster. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. But this is something that I've always I, I've always I feel like I've always believed it, but I haven't necessarily acted on it, mm-hmm. especially when I was younger, because I wanted to have the leg up. But this is something that I definitely have kind of indoctrinated on my own since the last, I would say at least 15 years. If you, now I see 10 years. Yeah. So I would say if whatever you can gain naturally is whatever you can fucking gain naturally, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that poses for strength, that poses for muscularity, whatever your genetics, the genetic gods are willing to give you, that's what you get. Mm-hmm. And that's it, man. And so whatever you can do is what you can do and that's all. And so it's like when I hear about people that are benching 765, 800, (laughs) they're on a bunch of gear. It's like, you can't bench that dude. You can't do that. If the steroids did that, you couldn't do that. Cause even if the same kind of programming, the Mm -hmm. same eating style, the same sleep hygiene, you would not put up 765 Mm -hmm. on your best day. Right. Absolutely. And so it's like, (laughs) And in the same token with bodybuilders presenting a physique, it's like you can't present that physique mm. naturally. Yep. So why are why are we keep going in this in this upward trajectory towards more grotesque looking monsters? <laughs> I mean, I get it, it's a freak show. Yeah. But at the same time, they can't do that without pharmacological yep. substances. Massive gear. Yep. And so it's I just don't get it, man. So but that's my older, wiser being talking <laughs> right, now. Right. When I was younger, I didn't, I didn't peddle that same narrative, you know. Right. But I also didn't, I also didn't do steroids at the same time. Right. But I did everything I could that was apart from steroids to make myself feel like moral. Yep. Still, like I was still yes, functioning exactly. on a moral landscape. Yep. And this is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this because this isn't steroids. Yep. Yep. But it's and it's over the counter, <laughs> so it's okay. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> fuck, man. That's such the logic. You're absolutely right with that. I have a conversation with people on a weekly basis. Like, okay, well, I'm, I'm gonna do some SARMs because I'm still natural. You know, and I'm not on steroids or whatever. And then what happens when, if next week they decide they're going to classify him as a class, whatever steroid, are you still going to say that you're hundred percent natural? Because at the time they were right. considered steroids. You can't at that point, you know I guess, I mean? man. Or, or do you just by default, it's really the story you tell yourself. Yeah. And none of that really, in the end of the day, none of that really matters whether you classify it or not. That's just sort of your own classifications. Right. You're all natural or whatever. But, you know, I, I figured instead of really focusing on labels, just do the best you can with what you've got. And if you decide you want to take a step further, I'm not here to judge. Right. But at the same time, it's a slippery slope. And, it is. It is. Like you said, like when somebody's going to do a huge steroid cycle, like for example, like the, the simple example we had is say they gain 20 pounds and they're going to lose 15 of it. The logic back in the day, back like when I was at Poly, the logic for the, a lot of the guys I was training with was we're going to Mexico for spring break. And I want to look phenomenal for 10 days. Okay, well, there you go. If that's your goal. Uh, I don't have kids or, or any of that. But I, instead of looking good in Mexico for 10 days, I'd like to see my kids grow up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Instead of dropping dead at 50 because I want to look good for 10 days in Mexico. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's priorities, man, too, at the same time. You know, like my priorities have shifted since I was 
20 something years old and I was and bodybuilding and competing was my life mm-hmm. and that's the only thing I gave a shit about mm-hmm. was going from show to show to show and getting mm-hmm. prepped for show to show but now <laughs> I, I don't I don't care about that anymore people have asked me if I'm going to compete again and I used to give them a wavering possible sure. like possibility yeah. like, a po- like a wavering maybe back about a few years ago now it's a hard no, no I'm not doing it because I don't either. care anymore. I've you been down that you. road. You've already done it. I've you been know, down that road. I've done go step it. backwards. Yeah. And, and look, <laughs> man, I got to be honest with myself. Unless I'm going to go down the, the natural, like, um, the uh, natural, like trying to get a natural pro card. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to make anything of this. Yep. I'm not. Cause if it were to happen, it would have already happened by now True. in all the 10 competitions I did, mm. it would have already happened. Right. I would have got a sponsorship because someone would have liked my look, right. whatever. But guess what? No one gave a shit. Yeah. No one cared because I just was another body. Right. They didn't care. It was just, it was, and I wasn't good. I don't think that I had the genetics to take it to a level where I would even consider doing steroids where mm. I could make it to the pro, like the IFBB yep. league. <laughs> yep. So I don't, I don't feel like I have those genetics, maybe from the waist down, but not from the waist up. And so that's, was that, was that a large penis? <laughs> <laughs> no, if anybody has seen him, you could see how ridiculous his quads and, and lower hour. It's, 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 you have to do a double take. It's just, it's insane. Oh, stop. And, no, stop. and that's earned by the way. But, but anyway, all right. So I back to, back to what you're saying though, with all of that, you know, it, it depends on, you know, like you said, it's just another body and all of that. And it's also what you're willing to do versus the guy next to you, what he's willing to do. And if he's willing to sacrifice 30 years of his life and you're not, guess what? He gets that lucrative yeah. $200 a month <laughs> sponsorship. Right, or, whatever it is. Or whatever, that kind of crap. So it's a good thing. I mean, you're, you're in a much better place making that decision. Well, and and I guess the thing that, that I wanted to drive home was that I could have... I, I, I cared about that then. Now I just care about creating for my future and I care about real shit that matters to me. Like I know that bodybuilding matters to all the pros and the people that actually have a foot in this game. Like they actually have promise. I never had promise in it. I was just kind of okay at it. Good genetics. Kind of you dipped your toes into it to see. Right. And I realized if I wasn't going to, even if I had done the litany of steroids that were, that I needed to do to be able to be somewhat competitive on a, on a international level, mm. I, it wouldn't have been good enough still to make IFPB. I don't believe. So I got you, yeah. at some point I just had to hang it up and, and, but it's lifting has taught me so much about myself. It's taught me that I can be organized, that I can be structured, that I can be disciplined, that I have work ethic above yes. everything. I never knew I had work ethic until really? I started training, dude. That's cool. That's never really cool. dude really? never no i thought i was a pussy boy really ever oh, no. that, that, that surprises me so listen so i used to <laughs> i used to watch my dad lift weights in the gym mm-hmm. or not the gym in our garage yeah and this was you know uh 25 30 years ago i remember watching him and i remember he was a big you know big biceps big chest but he and i was I remember thinking like oh my gosh man how do i get to be that type of a man mm-hmm. and i've talked about this on numerous mm-hmm. podcasts but when I saw that, I thought to myself, that just looked bewildering, man. Mm. Like, how do I get to that? Because I am i guess I'm supposed to be that. Mm. I'm supposed oh, to be that, yeah. dude. Yeah, I got you. And I remember thinking, 
And I remember then seeing him also in his landscape company, like work circles around his workers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I remember <laughs> thinking, how am I going to do what? Am, how am I supposed to do that? Like, mm-hmm. I don't I didn't feel like I had it in me to do that at all. Yeah. And then I found I got into lifting and there was something with the with what's tethered to lifting in terms of work ethic that mm-hmm. I would put myself up against the best. Yeah. And I don't mean like, I don't mean to say that to gloat. I mean, there is a level of pain that I can withstand. Yes. That's to none, to no effect that I thought I had previously. Yep. I wouldn't have been able to identify this if I didn't work out, if I didn't train, if I didn't start training, I can take things far past failure and not give a fuck during and then go to another exercise and then another one and do the same shit. And that's something that I saw very absent in other people in the gym. Yeah. Those people look at us going and training that way. Like we're psychos. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're going in there, you're putting this punishment in to all this and all this. But at the end of the day, what I think they don't realize if they've ever done that before is it's incredibly therapeutic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it, it's one of those things where sometimes you can't turn your brain off and all of that, trying yeah. to go to sleep, trying to whatever. But when you start, basically you're, you're punishing your body from the outside looking in. Yeah. But what it does for you psychologically and all of those things, it's so freeing more than, than, than therapy and all of those other things. But you know, they'll look at us like we're crazy people because you're tearing all this massive muscle fiber right. and doing all that. And then, you know, it's, it's funny because I watch them Watch people make fun of a bodybuilder or, or whatever. And, and I, I do believe this. I, that's deeply rooted in jealousy and not having the drive to be able to commit yourself to doing it that way. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm gratuitously including myself in it, even though I haven't done it in years. But, you know, but I still, I, I feel it. I get it. it. It makes perfect sense to have that kind of dedication. It doesn't make sense to other people. You're putting war on yourself. Yep. You're waging war against yourself every time you train. And for what reason? Yes. It's like uh, Rich Piana used to say that his body was constantly fighting him because you're not supposed to be carrying around 120 pounds of muscle, like you said earlier, you know, versus what's giving you. So your body is constantly fighting you. You're fighting against your natural physiology to carry around this muscle because you're not supposed to have that mm-hmm. kind of muscle. So it's it, the dedication it takes to, to really stand by that is unbelievable. Yeah, but it takes, so that's the one end of the spectrum. But when you get there and you realize I have this type of level of tenacity, grit, Mm. perseverance that I never knew I had discipline, work ethic. Like I have a work ethic and I don't mean to, I'm not saying this in third, and I'm not saying this as uh, for me, I'm saying in, in terms of, you know, a collective, I have this level of work ethic that I didn't know I had and I can transfer this mm-hmm. into business. I can transfer this into creating something. And, and you did and you have. Well, not maybe one day it'll, it'll, it'll well, show its fruits, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it on the next one, but yeah. you're, you're getting there. I, like I said, you've, you've taken the lesson and you have put it into action. Thank you, man. Well, I mean, look at this. How many episodes? You're 306. Dude, right? You know what I'm saying? So you take that from the dedication you had in bodybuilding and all of that, and it applies to all the other things that you do in your life. It carries over. Yes. So I think that it's a gift, but it's also a honed skill to be able to have that kind of dedication to continue to do this kind of stuff that a lot of people don't have. Look, man, and if I didn't have the training, I wouldn't have known what I could have done. Right. 
And that's there. that's the oh. gift right there, bro. That's right. That's why it's important. It was important for you to get on stage, whether it was one time or ten times. You learned a lot about yourself. Yeah. In doing that. And it's only the challenges that teach us, right? And Definitely. no one, no one wants to debate that, but no one wants to also adopt it because mm-hmm. it's hard to adopt the challenges. Yep. It's it's something that we hear about, we see other people going through, and you know, but then when we're amidst our own challenges, our own trials, our own setbacks, our own shit, mm-hmm. just shit. <laughs> it's hard to just say, well, but I, and, and fight through it because yep. ultimately you just want to lay down. Yeah. <laughs> ultimately you just want to go to sleep. Yep. You just want to not do life anymore. Yep. But <laughs> you want to tap out. Yes. But when you realize what war you've been in prior or what your being is able to withstand and what your body and your mind more predominantly is able to withstand, you realize, oh, this, this ain't shit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to challenge you right back and I'll beat you. I don't know when. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know yeah. when that day is going to turn in my favor, but it's going to fucking turn in my favor it's eventually. Going to happen. It's going to happen. It will. I might be doing this for another eight and a half years. Yeah, it takes what it takes. Eight years and seven months? <laughs> yep. Shit's changing. Yep. It takes what it takes. And that's another one. Uh, we were talking earlier about my uh, my buddy slash business partner, Prince, Prince Williams from Cal Poly. Uh, we, he... He kind of preaches. Do we kind of preach to each other on some things like that? And he's been through bodybuilding competitions and all that kind of stuff. But lately, one of the things that he and I've been focusing on is the the the, the very common uh, people need to really think about it in the sense of how true it is that no real growth comes from a place of comfortability. Like when can you imagine? When do you remember actually really growing into something in your comfort zone? And so I, you know, I try to do something every day that takes me out of my comfort zone. And the majority of the time, that's something that leads to growth, whether it comes to muscle. I mean, you can really break it down simple, like simply with muscle. The more you tear, the more you build the same thing with the dedication that it takes to do those shows and to do all of the other stuff or to resist the temptation of doing something that you know is horrible for you for the long term, all of that. But yeah, no, no true growth comes from a place of comfortability. So, so tell me, tell me, tell me and tell our listeners one thing that you willingly impose on yourself because you know it's good for you even though you know it's fucking hard. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, let's see. Well, not super, super hard, but I'm really dedicated with my water intake because I finally realized how important all of that is, but that's not a really hard thing to do. Uh, I would say that when I am training properly, forcing myself to keep a schedule is really hard, really difficult. I've gotten better at it now because as I'm getting older, I realize what a waste of time it is to be you know, five nights a week in a bar and all that kind of crap. And so sure. There's some, some lonely times, lonely, whatever, uh, but you need to sacrifice because, Hey, I got to meet my partner at the gym in the morning at so-and-so don't want to let that person down. But truly what it comes down to is you don't want to let yourself down mm-hmm. if you're really thinking about it in a healthy way. So that's another one. I mean, eating, eating is always another one that's huge. Really, you know, it's, it's small sacrifices and it, it's not as difficult as, as maybe some people have in their mind. Like I, I have had, I do uh, the clean machine. Another shout out. I do clean machine meals. Uh, shout out Ryan. Yep. Shout clean out Ryan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Available now at MG Sports Office. Uh, you know, like with he has, we made a deal with all of our stuff, and I'm, I'm the way that I'm eating now. I get I, people bring it up all the time about the weight I've lost or you know putting muscle on or whatever, and it's legitimately because 
I'll just grab one of those meals. Yeah. 90 seconds in the microwave and I'm done. And not to, not to do a sales spill, but like seriously, no. once you commit, it's easy. It's it's almost as easy to go to DoorDash as it is to cook up one of Ryan's meals. You know, I mean, it, oh, and his it, meals are superb. Dude, on They're point. superb, on, man. I, I, I go through, I get 10 a week from him and I've been running out. I, he brings them on Mondays or Tuesdays or whatever. I'm usually out by Friday. Mm-hmm. And then like, I'm kind of bummed because I catch myself ordering a pizza or doing, you know, because I'm so used to the simplicity of all of it. But yeah, at the end again, it sounds like marketing again, but it's really, neither one of us are marketing well, no. this right now, but it's just so simple because the food is amazing. It and is. And you don't have to think about it at all. Like I stopped looking at what I'm eating. I just grab it, plate it. Yeah. And it's a surprise when it comes out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like stuff like that. So as far as what you asked about the dedication and all those things, that's been huge for me. My steps are up, my step counter and all that. Those are way up, but it's the meals and the eating and all that that's contributed to the last 25, 35 pounds or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's the diet. It's absolutely yeah. diet. You know, some people say that diet is 70%. I mean, I, I might say diet is 85%. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. agree. I agree, man. And, and the fact is some people will argue about, well, I don't want to put money into a, uh, I don't have the funds for a mm. meal replacement company and, yep. or, uh, That's so uh, common. <laughs> look, here's, let me, let me put all of you up where you should be. The meals that are being provided for you save you money. Do you understand yes. this? They save you money. They save you money. And I'll tell, I'll tell you why it prevents you from buying food one and you have the mo- you have the food already there you're there's no excuse you don't have to sacrifice your time you don't have to go anywhere it's right there for you yep. you can just pull it out of the fridge here's the thing it comes to your door every week like clockwork yep. the meals you need at the calories you need here's the other thing it's portion controlled yeah so you don't huge. have to worry about going back for seconds because seconds don't that exist is it. That's, it. that's it that's, that's all right. you get and so yep. that's the biggest thing. You may say, oh, well, it takes more time or it, it, it takes a lot of money because, mm. you know, I'm paying $12, $10, $12 a meal. Look, you count your time, what your time is worth, go to the grocery store, you prep that food, mm-hmm. you're out more money than you would be if you bought a $150 box of food that's, exactly that's 12 right. meals worth. Yeah. And that's the thing that people, I think, that, that, like you said, that was genius because, you know, like you go to the grocery store, you do all these things, you have all the... You have to value, you have to put a dollar value on your time. I mean, some people don't, and that's fine, whatever. I feel sorry for them. If you don't, if you're not able to value your time in what you do. And like I said, portion control is huge on that because if you, like for his, for like clean machine, if you're hungry after you finish that, that's fine. But you're not really hungry. Mm-hmm. You're satiated and your body has what it needs. Mm-hmm. So that's just a psychological thing that your brain is telling you that you want more food or you want some ice cream or you want whatever, mm-hmm. but you're not walking away from it actually hungry. Right. And then there's that discipline aspect of it. You have Absolutely. to just be able to say, no, that's it. It's done. Yep. I'm done. I'm satiated. I know my body has what it needs, like you said. And that's the thing. When you cook for yourself, you cook more than you need. Yep. And so the biggest thing for the meals, if you're serious about weight loss, you're serious about transforming your body, you'll impart meal plans in your program because yep. you know that it's calorie that it's calorie efficient, essentially it's, yes. it's portion efficient for you. Yep. And once it's done, it's done and you know, you've got what you need and that's it. And then it's three hours later to the next meal, what yep. have you. Exactly. But 
that's the biggest thing, man. And that's what people leave on the table. It's like, I just cook for myself. I, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll go to the store and prep for myself. It's like, look, you're going to overcook. You're going to over portion. That's where you fail flat on your face and why you don't lose weight and why calories keep stacking up because you can go back for seconds. Yep. It's there. It's there. And if it's there, that's that's why I had to get rid of cookies and all that crap around. You know, some people just, some people have the willpower to have cupcakes and crap around and whatever. I just have to get rid of it. It just has to be not there physically. But if you overcook for yourself, like you said, it's there. You can go back for seconds. You can go back for, for whatever on it. You're kind of sabotaging yourself doing it. Or also in cooking for yourself, a lot of people don't realize the dressings and the oils and all the other stuff. Like those are real calories. Like that really, you can have a, a salad every day. Or you can go to Firestone and get a steak salad with, you know, dressing on the side. And then once you realize how much that stacks up calorically, yeah. you might as well have had the tri-tip sandwich. You might you as just well, just got yeah. it over with. <laughs> you just got it over with. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, it's, it's basically... So, yeah, I wonder how much I'm going to get paid for these uh, shout outs that we're doing. Do we have a form for this? <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, we, we covered a lot of topics, man. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, I think the biggest takeaway for this podcast is that we all understand that challenges are going to come, setbacks are going to come, life is going to throw you curveballs always, always. But mm-hmm. the point is to always have a dog in the fight. Yes. And to never let your dog lose. That's, 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 that's one of the biggest takeaways I take. I like that analogy. That's the biggest takeaway I take from you, Matt, is that you, you've been doing this for over two decades now Mm -hmm. and you're still going, dude. But look, and I refuse to quit. And that's the only (laughs) thing that's going to get you to where you're going is the refusal to quit. People just have to refuse to quit. Stop negotiating with something that's comfortable, something that's subpar. You have to stop negotiating with this because your brain will try to negotiate an easier out. But life is not easy. Life is hard. And there's very few trajectory shifts in your life that present themselves. But the only way these trajectory shifts present themselves is you going through the shit process beforehand you Mm -hmm. have to go through that you have to be willing to adopt the shit process beforehand because guess what people you have to have a testimony and the only way testimonies are made are through the challenges and the trials so i would Mm -hmm. i would i would implore you to adopt more challenge Mm -hmm. willingly little more little challenges every day let's say you're in a you're in a very negative spot right now in your life, and it's hard for you to get up out of the morning, get up in the out of the bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know you have to because whatever you have to go to work or whatever. But normally you don't make your bed in the morning. Let that be the first thing you do. You make your bed after you get up. You make your bed. You don't make it after you get done getting ready, brush your teeth. <laughs> yeah, just you, first thing. You make it right. That, that sense of accomplishment that you've done something. Right. Immediately. And it starts your day. My mom has said that to me for years. And I just recently started, I mean, it's kind of a half-assed make of the bed, but it's something. It's yeah. something that it looks better. It feels better. And you've already accomplished something right out of the gate. Yeah. So after you do that, then, okay, fine. It's breakfast. You've already done and accomplished this. Then why not slide into a healthy meal or healthy whatever? It, it sets you up for success. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not about having your bed made. It's not about having a clean made bed. It's so far away from being about that. It's about starting off with good decisions and following up with it for the rest of your day. And it took me years to learn that. And I did not make my bed this morning. But but yeah, I totally understand that. I think that's one simple thing. If you're looking for change in your life, 
in a good positive way, that's one of the easiest things that you can do. Everyone has time to make their bed. Yeah. <laughs> well, and here's the other thing I took away from this too. Care about people and care about yourself because you may think that a little bit of care, a little bit of the right word to somebody is going to fall on deaf ears or it's not going to make that much of a difference. It will. Mm -hmm. And the more mm -hmm. you care for people, the more you care about their well-being, that's going to come back to you in the way that you're taken care of in this world. It will come mm -hmm. back to you. So you care for people and you care about yourself. You put standards on yourself. Yes. You set a structure in place because you understand the only way that you're going to get to your goal or match your little goals along the way is by you setting a structure and yeah. having high standards yes. and meeting those standards, whether it's every day, every year, etc. You look back, you realize I didn't let myself down mm -hmm. because I care because I care about myself. I care about others. I care about the well-being of others, the life that I care about having an ethical pursuit. Yes. That's tethered to whatever I'm doing in life, yeah. whether, whether it's my purpose or my, just my job. Mm -hmm. Like I care, I give a shit. Yes. Start giving more of a shit, not only about yourself, but about others, because yeah, really. trust me, it will come back to you in perpetuity. Absolutely. I've seen it time and time again. And it's, you know, one of the things that like what you're driving out with that I really like is a sense of when you're doing these things and it's hard, it's easier said than done. But when you're training, for example, you know, making the bed or, or lifting or dieting or whatever it is that you're doing, just make sure that you're the, the majority of you're doing it for yourself, you know, not, not for other people, not for the way that people look at you or whatever. Sure. That's, that's inevitable. It's going to happen. But if you're doing it for the right reason, which being doing it for yourself, then the longevity kicks in and then you're really going to stick to it because you have that self gratifying, self-identifying way of, of going through it without necessarily doing it for someone else's approval or like a lot of the guys that I know that train their asses off naturally. Like, uh, Cole is natural, lifelong natural. Austin also natural. Uh, my buddy shout Jason. Out, shout out to Cole. Yeah, shout out to the, yep. Jason, my buddy Jason. Shout out o. to Austin kid. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and Austin Robinson and, uh, all the other, Austin Robinson, all, the, Austin. all the other Austins that make me, <laughs> make me look like a fat kid. But, but, uh, but yeah, but seriously though, like those guys do it because, it's great for them psychologically and but you know people will accuse them of juicing i think it's funny because i know that they don't my buddy jason o which is do initials uh looks phenomenal but you would never know unless you saw him take his shirt off he's lifetime natural and all of that super healthy super all of that and i know how frustrating it is for them because people ask me all the time i want to be on what what cole's taking austin's taking jason i want to be on that and i, I invoke doctor patient like I'm, like I'm not going to tell you what they're on because you're gonna be disappointed because they're on protein and creatine and you know whatever but like there's no secret they're also in the gym <laughs> yeah doing it you know yeah. eating right and all of that like ryan for example ryan yeah. that guy when he takes his shirt off i, I feel like i want to go hide in the corner <laughs> you know what i mean but you know they just that's just the word but they do it for themselves yeah so i yeah. mean i myself everything i've been i admire that too i think that's awesome i love it man look man I know you got a busy life. I know you got to get going. I just appreciate you for coming, man. I appreciate this time to sit down. It means a lot to me. I'm sure that the listeners gathered a lot of value from it too as well, man. Thank you. And, and we're going to have you back, bro. Well, I appreciate it. And I, I mentioned of our last minute shout outs. Uh, my, uh, my buddy, good friend of mine and, uh, and uh, business partner and all of that. Uh, Prince Williams, shout out to him. The uh, Hustle and Grit 
podcast. Hopefully we can bring him in here. I love it. Because I would just love to sit on the couch right there and just watch you guys chop it up. I love it. Because we'll that do would it. be an amazing episode. We'll set that up. Well, I really, really appreciate Like I said, I've been looking forward to this since you first brought it up. So thank, thank you, you so man. much for having me on. I would love to come back anytime. Thank you. Anytime. Man. I appreciate this has that. been amazing. I mean, yeah, this is the best I've felt all week. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. And look, tell people how they can find you too, if they want to look you up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all the traditional social media and such, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, YouTube, all that. It's either Matt Gaines or MG Sports Supplements, some variety of all of that. Uh, it's the MG underscore supplements on Instagram. I think that's our biggest one. Uh, or you can check us out in slow at 973 Foothill Boulevard at MG Sports Supplements, seven days a week. And yeah, it's, it's hard to not find me. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, dude. All right, man. Thank you, bro. We're out. Right on, man. Done.